Your son, he's gone. He was weak and foolish, like his father. So I destroyed him. Welcome to the Weekend Foolish Movie Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Tang. Joining me are my fellow Weekend Foolish podcasters, Joe Bang. Sup, sup, sup. And Albert Liu. Hello, everyone. This podcast started back in 2019 with Job Ang and I. We would take turns hosting the different episodes, and it was just the two of us for 34 episodes until late 2021 when we added Albert Liu and Paul Shu to our team. And I think our podcast really benefited from having multiple opinions for every episode. I think our discussions have been a lot deeper, more fulfilling, and it just feels more like an organic conversation amongst friends. Uh, but the thing is, we all lead pretty busy lives with work and family to balance out with our passions for cinema and good st storytelling and art. So it's hard for everybody to do the pod for every episode. This year, we're going to try a rotation system for our podcast where different members of our team will sign up to do the movies and shows that they're interested in. And we're going to see how the system plays out. Hopefully, this will lead to more discussions of movies and shows and maybe even more silly debate episodes like the one about Tom Holland and or Tom Holland versus Timothy Chalamet. And speaking of silly debates, we have a very special episode today as we will be introducing another new member to our podcast team. This is a person who has been a recurring guest on the pod. She's been on this podcast eight times as a guest. She's our go-to TV junkie and has had a lot of fun ideas and suggestions for the pod that we've actually tried out, like our silly debate episodes. In fact, the episode we're recording right now is another suggestion that she had for us. So she's just an idea factory for podcasts, and it's a total no-brainer that we bring her onto the team. So we're very excited to welcome Hannah Lee Sang to our Weekend Foolish family. Welcome, Hannah. Woohoo! Thank you. Um, I'm excited to be here. Um, very thankful that you guys would add me to your team, especially because um, I am very opinionated and I know that I can be. And I know that in our film nerds chat, sometimes I am the loudest voice, even though I'm probably the smallest person. <laughs> so I appreciate you guys having me and I'm really hoping that, you know, this will just be fun. I'm here for the ride. Yeah, I'm, I'm honestly glad that we just don't have to put the word guest on our episode titles anymore whenever you're on them. Like, you know, it's eight times that I counted. I'm like, finally, <laughs> you should just be a part of the episode. Thank you. Thank you. In this episode, we're going to be previewing our five most anticipated films of 2024 that we're looking forward to. Uh, each of us are going to be giving our picks, starting with our number five movies, and then we're going to work our way up to our number one most anticipated movie of 2024. And just a disclaimer, at this point in time of our recording in January 2024, there are a lot of indie and international films that we don't know about yet. Those films don't usually hit people's radars until the film festival circuits start. So usually after Sundance and Cannes, we have more lesser known films that will surface in the collective cinephile consciousness. So keep that in mind as you listen to our list. We're only operating with what we know of as of January 2024. And since the idea of this episode is actually from Hannah, why don't you start us off? Give us your number five most anticipated film of 2024. Thanks, Mike. Um, I just really want to preface that 
I built like my top five based around kind of what I actually think would potentially take me to the theater or that I would kind of prioritize and want to watch. Not necessarily saying that these are all going to be like award winning, you know, Oscar nominated films, but okay. My top five or my number five is actually um, Back to Black, which is the Amy Winehouse um, biopic that they're doing. And a lot of this is really kind of around um, just my love for music and film and just kind of how it marries the two. Um, I really am slightly anxious about this because um, any movie or like biopic about someone that has passed away is really hard, number one, to kind of like keep the integrity of the person, right? But number two, Amy Winehouse hasn't been gone for that long. You know, so I do think that there is kind of this um, consciousness around the movie about, hey, like, is this really going to be accurate? Is this going to be honoring to her? And not only that, there have there has been, I think, one other kind of like documentary movie about her as well. But um, this one specifically, I think, actually has like the approval of like the White House, like a state, her um, parents and things like that. So um, I'm pretty excited. We'll see how it goes. I'm not necessarily thinking that this is going to be like um, a home run or they're going to hit it out of the ballpark, but uh, definitely, definitely going to be watching out for that in 2024 or this year. Awesome. Thanks. I actually, that was not on my radar, so I didn't even know they were making a movie about her. Um, do you know who's playing Amy Winehouse? Marissa Abella. Yeah. I actually like did not recognize her when I saw her in the trailer at all. Oh, dang. These biopics of like iconic musicians is such a hard thing to do. Like, I just saw, um, you know, there's gonna be a Michael Jackson one. And, oh, really? Uh, oh, that's too. Oh, yeah. Dang, I did not know about that. His nephew's gonna play him, and I'm like, oh my goodness, like the pressure, like it's it's family too, you know, like that just comes oh, wow. with all kinds of things. So we also got that Bob Marley biopic. How pretty? Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. Hey man, we got Ang Lee's Bruce Lee movie starring his son Mason Lee as Bruce Lee. Uh, oh, wow! I did not know about that. I didn't know about that. Yeah, yeah, you didn't know about that. Oh man, it's a it's a interesting casting choice. I don't think he looks like Bruce Lee, but we'll see. I guess that's coming up. Be a, that's coming up. Be, yeah, he's gonna be accused of being a uh, nepo kid or something. <laughs> it's so sad. Yeah, I just feel like biopics are always controversial but they are also very like heavy um oscar drawing like you know like movies yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. well, i mean selena right that set the whole yeah yeah I was love, that like the I first love that movie. selena was that the first one that kind of kicked off this wave of musical biopics i mean that that was a long time ago it was like in the late um, 90s right i think that was the first one where you know, someone was really, really, I mean, from, I mean, there were others, right? Like La Bamba uh, before that. But I think that was the first one where I heard a lot of awards buzz for Jennifer Lopez at the time. Yeah. And it was, she was great in there. And on, honestly, I've seen that movie multiple times. All right. Right on. Musical biopics. <laughs> All right. Albert, you're number five. Uh, <laughs> this is going to be funny, but it's going to be Spy X Family Code White. Now, I don't know if anyone's familiar WTF? here. With... What, is, what is that? 
<laughs> so, you know, Spy X Family is like the most popular anime in Japan right now. It's sort of a comedy oh, about a found family. Uh, the father is a spy, the mother is an assassin, and the kid is a um, is is telepathic. And they also have a dog who could sort of like see into the future. The the comedic genius of the series, I would say, is that none of these characters know what they're actually truly capable of. So that's sort of like the most enjoyable aspect of tuning into the show every week is just to sort of watch them sort of react to different situations. And, and you know, it's kind of one of those uh, shows where a lot of hilarity sort of ensues because of it. But it's a, it's a huge, huge anime right now in Japan. And so Code White is actually just like, you know, a movie version of one episode. And uh, from what I've heard, it was out in Japan uh, late December from what I've heard it just feels like one big episode but you know I don't care that's like a show that makes me and my wife laugh every week so if it can make me like laugh for like you know an hour and a half I'm watching it and uh, I just love the character so much and um, I think the other thing is I, I'm I'm really enjoying this sort of trend we've been seeing more and more of like sort of anime films coming out to theaters um here in the states, and I, I, will, I will gladly, gladly walk into that theater to watch a Spy X Family movie because I just know I'm just gonna come out with a huge smile on my face. So, really, really looking forward to it. I, I'm so shocked by this episode so far because I did not expect <laughs> to not know so far the two movies that have been stated in uh, in this episode. So. I, I thought it was just going to be like so much overlap with my list, but I'm like, here are two movies that I've never even heard of. So that's awesome. I love it. I love I've it never so even heard the anime. So I'm, I'm going to check great. that out. All right, Joe, you're number five. Yeah. So, you know, I, I have no highbrow options here. It's all, I hope, not too obvious, but my number five will be Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Oh, nice. That's one I'm looking forward to. I really enjoyed the Andy Circus trilogy when it was coming out. Really thought they were underrated somehow, even though they got a lot of good, um, you know, good reviews and were, were pretty well regarded. Um, I thought they were greatly underrated for their time, and uh, I don't really expect this movie to be as good as those. Uh, it's not the same team making it, um, and all of that, but. I am intrigued uh, to see the story continue. I think it's supposed to be the same continuity. So, uh, yeah, that's my number five. I I forgot. I got to jump in here because I'm a Zelda fan, but I, I'm interested in watching that movie, but not, you know, I'm sort of terrified because the director is going to, and I forgot his name all of a sudden, but he is the oh, right. person who will be directing the live action Zelda movie for Nintendo. And so I feel like that movie will sort of make or break why i think about him whether he's the right <laughs> choice or not you shall watch his career with great interest oh i it's, will uh west ball right oh yeah there you go yeah interesting yeah, that's so rick jaffa is one of the writers he he was right he was a writer on the previous ones him and amanda silver so should be interesting should be interesting I am interested in that movie for the same reason as Albert. Like, I'm really curious to see how this guy does with a big budget movie, because uh, you know it's going to determine a lot of how how we're supposed to feel about Zelda. All right, my number five is Furiosa, and 
Mad Max Fury Road was one of those seminal action films. It was so good. It was too good for the Academy Awards to ignore. It was a rare sequel reboot that exceeded the quality of the original films. It's just one of those amazing, amazing sequels. Uh, and Furiosa looks like it's just continuing the insane vision of George Miller. I think Anya Taylor-Joy was the perfect casting choice for young Furiosa. And I'm also really interested to see Chris Hemsworth uh, in his in his role. Because uh, I, I just I saw the trailer and I, I did not recognize him at all uh, with his like fake nose. So yeah, uh, Furiosa is my number five. Nice. That was going to be like a bubble one for me. Looking forward to it. I had no idea Chris Hemsworth was in it. I'm like looking at his picture right now and he seriously is unrecognizable. It's crazy. Yeah, watch, watch the trailer. He's speaking in the trailer and the whole time I'm like, who is this guy? And then it says his name in the trailer and you're like, what? It's Chris Chris Hemsworth. Um, I, I, I got to also uh, give a little shout out to two other movies that didn't make my list. Uh, really quickly, uh, there's Trap, which is M. Night Shyamalan's new film starring Josh Hartnett, who's in his uh, own little renaissance right now. And it's supposed to be a psychological thriller set at a concert. That sounds interesting. I think M. Night Shyamalan's, yeah, he's had a lot of duds, but uh, his great films are truly magnificent. So I'm always looking forward to what he does next. And then there's also Megalopolis. I don't, I don't even know if I'm pronouncing that right, but that is Francis Ford Coppola's first film in a very long time. He's been trying to make this movie for decades. This is like a passion project of his that he's self-financing. There's actually no release date confirmed, but it's likely to be 2024. Excellent. So I just wanted to say those two. All right, Hannah, what is your number four? So my number four, um, I felt like I needed to include something that would potentially draw me to the theaters with my kids. Um, and I have three. And so the one that I put on my number four is If, Imaginary Friend. Um, the John Krasinski. I thought you were going to say Sonic the Hedgehog 3. <laughs> that would only be good for my two boys. I feel like my daughter would not be um, interested in that at all. Dude, so, everyone loves Sonic. You know, I think... Reconsider. <laughs> um, yeah, we all know you love Sonic, Mike. So <laughs> I, I, I'm joining you, Mike. <laughs> well, I'm let's see. Maybe if... we'll go see both. Yeah. Um, right, so if you. I think, yeah, if is um, a John Krasinski movie. I don't know if you guys have seen um, the cast for The Voice. And um, I feel like literally like every famous person is in there. You know, Steve Carell, Ryan Reynolds, um, Alan Kim, you know, Phoebe Waller-Bridge, Jon Stewart. So it's like a very packed cast for The Voices. And um, I think if you have seen kind of like the trailer for it at all, like the basically the synopsis is that a young girl um, gains the ability to see like people's imaginary friends um, who have been abandoned by the kids that they help. So I think it's kind of like the journey through that. And I don't know, I always love movies that kind of bring out like the inner child. Um, and it looks knowing John, I feel like um, it's probably going to be very sweet and heartwarming, I think. And I think he's thoroughly impressed everyone with just kind of the quiet place and just his directing abilities and writing abilities. So um, I'm kind of really looking forward to this because I think it'll be um, kind of like a new side to him. Um, so yeah, I mean, definitely going to go see this in the theater with my kids if I can. Awesome. I saw the trailer. It reminded me of Monsters, Inc. 
So I thought it was just a Monsters Inc. knockoff, but you know, we'll see. Let us know how it is. It could be. <laughs> it could be, yeah. but I'm really hoping that that's not what it is at all either. I mean, I might end up taking my kids too. So yeah, we'll see. We'll see about that. All right, Albert, you're number four. Yeah, uh, I want to give a quick shout out too to uh, a few movies that I make my top five. I had seriously thought about one. You know, um, one is uh, Sonic the Hedgehog three for the same reasons. Uh, yes. I, you had mentioned why you know Sonic, the Sonic franchise has been awesome so far, and the other movies Gladiator <laughs> too. Uh, I mean, really, Scotsman here and miss. We'll see whether this is a hit or miss. So, uh, but my number four is Inside Out two. Um, I know mm, everybody has yes. a bit of franchise fatigue and sequel fatigue, um, and I, you know, no other studio has been has I, um, you know as hard as this in two thousand twenty three as Disney has. However, I feel like the Inside Out two. See, uh, movie has the potential to be different because you know at the core of those movies is sort of about exploring different feelings and getting in touch with them and also i'm assuming following um you know the life of, of this one girl as she gets older and um because i think this movie is going to deal with sort of you know hard emotions like anxiety um i think i'm expecting some pretty you know, insightful, you know, observations about, you know, the human condition to come out of it. So, uh, yeah, so that's that's my number four. Um, Albert, it's funny you mentioned that movie because I had a really hard time picking between that one and if for my number four in terms of like taking my children to the movies. Um, and I mean, obviously, you're a Disney loyalist. Right. So you're really, <laughs> Am I? really being like, <laughs> you are for sure. But really, I feel like um, I'm cautiously optimistic about this movie. Um, I really loved Inside Out 1. So and again, like you said, like having fatigue over like sequels and things like that have made me cautious. But yeah, I mean, I hope it's good, too. So we'll see. Yeah, I'm down. I'm down for that movie, too. Um, I'm just kind of waiting to see, yeah, the reviews before I, I dip my toes in, uh, into that. All right. Uh, Job, you're number four. All right. My number four is Lord of the Rings, Ride of the Rohirrim. Uh, that, War of the that, Rohirrim, sorry. That's the animated film? Yes. It's, it's supposedly supposed to be anime style. So that's kind of interesting. Um, Lord of the Rings is you know Tolkien is my favorite author ever and the movies are great too the Amazon show not so much um but anything that is Lord of the Rings will automatically get me excited and I'm looking forward to that I haven't heard very much from it uh lately so I'm wondering if it's coming out I think it will be but that's the one I'm looking forward to number four so there you have it nice man I'm yeah. Again, I got to reiterate how shocked I'm at, I am right now because we have no <laughs> overlaps so far, and I really thought that we would be overlapping like hardcore on this episode. So it's good. We all have different movies that we're looking forward to. So this we have good. some diversity here. All right, my number four is Joker Folly Adieu. I don't know even know if I've said that French part correctly, but I really really liked Joaquin Phoenix's Joker. Just loved how grounded and and real that film felt and his immersion into that role was just unreal 
And so when they announced this movie, I was really surprised because I just thought Joker was a one-off movie where Joaquin Phoenix just gave it his all and then that was it. But then we find out that Lady Gaga is in this movie and she's going to portray Harley Quinn. And I kind of lost my mind because Lady Gaga has proven she's not only an exceptional musical artist, but she's an incredibly talented actress. And so this casting, I think, is great. Great actress in this role. I think most of all, I, I'm just really excited that we get a proper origin story for Harley Quinn. I mean, that character's story was so botched in Suicide Squad. So I'm just excited that not only we get a retelling of the origin story, but we get a serious retelling of how she became Harley Quinn. And I'm fairly certain this movie is going to make a billion dollars this year, unless it's a bad movie. But I think it has pretty high chances of grossing a billion dollars like its predecessor. Nice. Yeah, that that one's that one's up there for sure. I I don't have it in my top five because the first Joker was like, I I recognize it's an incredible film and I loved it for that, but I felt sick after watching it. <laughs> so I don't. It, I'm I don't. Like I don't blame looking, you. I don't blame you. You know what I mean though. Like yeah, it's, it's so nihilistic. Yeah. yeah super, but, super. but fantastic first film, and I agree with you. That's that's what I'm definitely looking forward to as well. All right, we're in our top three now. Hannah, what's your number three most anticipated film of 2024? Number three is The Karate Kid. Whoa! That one one was on my radar too. (laughs) It has to be because, you know, being like a Cobra Kai fan, right? It's like they're going to bring back old cast members. And yeah, I'm like pretty excited. I love movies like this where it like really kind of stirs up the nostalgia in me so um yeah i'm pretty excited for this movie i'll probably have like my kids watch like the original ones um and then i don't know if if this is a movie that kids can watch too then maybe i'll take them with me yeah and i think what's exciting about this one is that it's ralph macchio and jackie chan so they're bridging the two iterations of karate kid which we never thought that they would ever do, you know, but, you know, this is, this is the kind of movie that like Polish you can, can, you know, lay claim to like the kind of legacy sequel, or whatever, like a bridging of two different franchises, essentially. Um, yeah, for so, sure. Yeah, yeah. Are they this supposed a, to be the same story or like, well, how's that going to work? Well, they're, they're two unrelated stories, but they are somehow going to connect in this one. So like the same world or same universe. Right, right. So we had no idea that Jackie Chan's movie took place in the same world as Ralph Macchio's. But because, I mean, it's, what, Jackie Chan's movie takes place in China. So obviously, like, you know, they're not on each other's radars, you know. Fair so, enough. Yeah, this will be this will be a good one. Interesting one. I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic about this. I just wish that the Cobra Kai writers were involved because I think they've just done such a great job, at least in the first three seasons of Cobra Kai. And then I think Netflix kind of stretched the show a little bit too, too much. But uh, but yeah, anyways, I, I I wish that they were involved, but we'll see. Yeah, I agree. So I'm also cautiously optimistic, but obviously um, I love the idea of them all kind of living, being in like one world. So we'll see how kind of that they bring that together. Honestly, it could be terrible, but I'll still watch it. So it doesn't really matter. Yeah. All right, Albert, you're number three. Oh yeah, well, I was gonna add add to Hannah's choice that I hope you know Hilary Swank shows up unexpectedly in that movie. But anyways, oh, um, oh shoot, <laughs> yeah. 
but my uh, number three is I'm going to assume is going to be on uh, the list of some of the folks of this uh, podcast, which is, uh, and please excuse the police copter. I'm assuming that's flying overhead if anyone hears it, but it's going to be Dune uh, part two. Um, I think uh, there's nothing much more to add than that Dune one was such a, you know, incredible piece of work. And I'm, I'm just expecting more of the same at this point. Yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to that. I, I think the way the first one ended, I was like, what? No. And then we, thankfully, thankfully, we didn't have to wait too long. And then and here we are. All right, Job, you're number three. Number three is Deadpool 3. <laughs> I'm looking forward to that. In I've been watching this production with like, I don't know, it feels like I'm watching like a, a train wreck almost. And it's not because I think it won't do well, but it was like filming during the strikes and and then they've just been like leaking themselves a lot, like pictures and everything. And so it's really intriguing to me. Um, and one of the only Marvel things that's coming out this year, it should be interesting. I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to what it does for the storytelling and whether they're finally going to start pushing like us forward in this phase of Marvel or if it's going to be another one. It's like morbid interest kind of a looking forward to. <laughs> yes. Awesome. Uh, my number three is Civil War. This is from Ooh. writer-director Alex Garland who made 2015's Ex Machina and 2018's Annihilation. Uh, I thought both of those films were five-star letterbox movies for me. They're just sci-fi masterpieces. They're not like goofy action sci-fi movies, but they're very cerebral, thought-provoking, hard sci-fi. I have no idea what Civil War is about. I'm trying to stay away from trailers. I'm trying to stay away from synopses. I know maybe one person in the cast. I know Kirsten Dunst is in it. I think I've seen one screenshot, but that's about it. As long as Alice Garland's name is on the film, I'm going to see it, and I'm, I'm going to be very excited about it. So number three, nice. Civil War. Nice, Mike. Nice. All right. Top two. All right, Hannah, what's your number two movie? Number two is Twister. Oh my gosh, really? Twisters. <laughs> yes, but let me, oh yeah, Twisters. But let me disclaim why this is my number two. Uh, please explain. Um, yeah. <laughs> so the 1996 Twister with um, Helen Hunt and... Bill Paxton. Yeah, uh huh. I actually so watched good. that movie numerous times. Oh, I did too. Um, when I was in band, we actually learned like the score for it, so we also played the music very often and watched the music and watched the movie multiple times in band class as well. So I don't know; it's weird. Like I think that movie, I have a lot of nostalgia, like watching that movie numerous times growing up. Um, so it is definitely part of my childhood. But not only that. Let me call out who is directing Twisters. It's Lee Isaac Chung, the one that directed Minari. So, Interesting. Okay. I did not know that. that, that I did not know that. That is the biggest reason why yeah. I will watch it because I love seeing directors kind of be stretched in like different ways. So Minari is such a different film, right? Like yep. it was obviously made for film festivals, like this very quiet kind of in the way that it was written, immigrant story, you know, potentially kind of 
taken from like a chapter in his own book, like right about his life. But Twisters, they're releasing this movie, I believe, in July, which means that they're obviously setting it up to be like a summer blockbuster film, right? Mm, and yeah. I think this is very, very different space for Lee Isaac Chung. So I'm actually super excited to see where he brings his kind of, you know, like what he's going to do with it, basically. And not only that, I don't know if you've seen the cast, but it's uh, Glenn Powell, Daisy yes. Edward Jones, Rainbow. There's, it's a great young cast so legacy sequel <laughs> exactly exactly uh, yeah um, wait is anyone returning from the original movies doesn't look like it yeah so it doesn't far. seem like it but who knows oh my gosh can you please say my thing by helen hunt helen hunt needs to show up oh, she was so to good change my list yeah <laughs> wow. uh, yeah, yeah. honestly mean, sure uh, i mean uh hannah that that little detail about lee isaac chung being the director that is that that completely changes my like opinion, like impression of this. That's not. But you know, you know, I hate to sound uh, you know, I'm not trying to bring down the mood a bit, but you know, I, I, when the title was first announced, I was like, this is sort of ridiculous. You're just going to put more tornadoes out there, and like, you kind of. But I mean, like multiple. If you see the news, you know, if you think about what's been going on recently with Tornado Alley, I mean, there, there have been like a crazy influx of, of tornadoes now. And, you know, and so I, I it, it doesn't feel like that irrelevant to me in a weird way. But so nice. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. So I I was uh, traumatized by Twister growing up because I was six years old when it came out and um but but it it left an impression, you know. So I'm yeah. I'm actually looking forward to it now. Um, and uh, Michael Crichton wrote the book for it, right? And he also wrote the first movie. Mm -hmm. Creator of Jurassic Park. Are they in the same cinematic universe? Universal is making mm -hmm. this movie too. Do, 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 do. I, I I hope <laughs> it stays far away from the Jurassic franchise. <laughs> <laughs> the, the the way that the way that that franchise has gone, oh my gosh! Please stay with me. See, like dinosaurs spinning your in mouth, a tornado, right? just like cows. Yeah, locusts. There's gonna be locusts. Oh right, right. Oh right, yeah, right. yeah. Well, the be greatest plot points ever. Jurassic World Dominion was the best movie that year. All right, Joe. What's your number two? Just kidding. Number two uh, is Civil War. Um, I am looking forward to this oh, one nice. as well. Uh, Alex Garland, like you. I mean, I you said it better than I could, Mike. Um, and I also watched Devs, uh, which he wrote and created um, for Hulu as well. And um, it wasn't like the greatest thing ever, but I, I felt thoroughly creeped out by it in like the best way possible. And um, I'm looking forward to it. I, I, I too don't really know what's going on with this movie. I did see the trailer real quick, but then I stopped halfway through because I didn't want to see it anymore. Um, wanted to save it for when i actually see this so civil war number two did you did any of you guys watch devs i did not mm. it was okay it started yeah. off it started off well and then i just i didn't like where it went it didn't resolve very well but yeah yeah it's... albert did you give your number two Oh, I did not, but oh, okay. uh, so I might as well, yeah. I might as well, no, no worries. I might as well Sorry say what that. it is. Uh, so my number two is also another movie with Glenn Powell that was actually released last year in the film festival circuit. There'll be 
widely released this year. It's Hitman from Richard Linkletter. Linkletter is one, I think, one of the greatest directors Whoa. alive that we have right now. Very, you know, uh, I don't know anything about this movie other than it's extremely entertaining. Uh, I mean, look, Glenn Powell is definitely a leading man material. And, uh, and yeah, that's all I have to know. I'm just looking forward to being entertained by, you know, I, I think Linkletter doesn't just, you know, he isn't just responsible for some of the dramas that we really love, like the Before Trilogy, but the guy also has, you know, comedic chops. We've seen that with School of Rock. So I'm interested to see his take on uh, on sort of an action movie uh, and see how that goes. Nice. Albert, nice. I thought you for a sec you were going to say anyone but you. Oh. <laughs> what is wrong with you? <laughs> I'm glad you did. That would have, that would have uh, shaken up this, this podcast for sure. <laughs> I'm yeah. actually looking forward to that now that you said that. That's awesome. I'm actually really glad that we did this episode because there are a lot of movies that you guys talked about that I just I didn't even know that they were coming out. I didn't know Richard Linklater had a movie coming out this year. So it shows how good my research was. Nice. All right. My number two is Deadpool 3. The MCU is just i mean it's in crisis mode right now i mean they've been churning out mediocre movies and shows for the past several several years since endgame okay and i think the enthusiasm for this franchise has really diminished i mean we just saw the marvels crash and burn late last year with the lowest grossing entry domestically and globally in this franchise it didn't even break 100 million uh, domestically so that's that's shocking that's a wake-up call for this franchise that they got us like course correct majorly. Uh, but I think the great thing about the Marvels was that the mid credit scene was very, very important. And without spoilers for that movie, you should definitely check it out. I think we're getting finally a more clear picture into what Marvel's going to do with this franchise. And I think the fact that they cleared their entire 2024 slate, except for Deadpool 3, I think that's an excellent strategy to kind of reset the public consciousness for Marvel things and so i'm very excited for this um i haven't really paid attention to the production like you job but i i feel like deadpool one and two there were a lot of fun uh very irreverent uh, type of humor uh and so i'm excited that this is entering into the mcu now they have full access to all characters all timelines you know all stories so yeah. i'm really really curious about this one especially it coming at a very pivotal point in mcu history Dude, that's great. I, I also was thinking, I think, was it Kevin Feige? Someone the other day was saying all the previous non-Marvel made Marvel stuff is now canon to the MCU as well. So that's kind of an interesting tidbit uh, as we get ready to dive into Deadpool 3. That is interesting. Yeah, I mean, if you think about it, like Spider-Man, the Tobey Maguire Spider-Mans, and then Andrew Garfield Spider-Mans, those are now like not only a part of the Spider-Verse, but they're also a part of the MCU. So yep. it's very, it's a very interesting time right now where everything's legitimate. Everything's like, like nothing's cast away, basically, which I actually really appreciate because those are beloved films and characters and actors who portrayed those, those, uh, you know, those characters in that very important time in superhero comic book movie history. And so the fact that they are still relevant and equally important to the overall story. I think that's awesome. Yes. Nice. All right. We're now down to our 
most anticipated film of 2024. Hannah, what is what are you looking forward to most this year? Do you want to guess, Mike, what my number one is? All right, I'm going to guess it's Mickey 17 by Bong Joon-ho. <laughs> yep, ding, ding, ding. <laughs> Definitely Mickey 17. Oh my gosh. <laughs> hey, as the resident Korean on uh, in our film chat, I had to make this my number one. And not only that, this is like... This is so on brand. It's on yeah, brand. <laughs> Hey, I am always going to be on brand. You can probably predict what I'm going to choose. Um, I'm really excited for this movie. I think that, especially after Parasite, it'll be really interesting um, to see where he goes with this. But not only that, let me also preface, I am not a fan of Bong Joon-ho's like, American films. I was going to say, if they speak English in his movies, it kind of it kind of declines the quality of his film. Yeah, so I was not a fan of Okja. I was not a fan of Snowpiercer. Like, I didn't like any of those films. Um, and I am also not a fan of sci-fi. So the fact that I'm looking forward to this is really based on the fact that um, I just like Bong Joon-ho in the sense where I think he's very creative. And I think he does, like, pretty like intelligent story writing but i'm also hoping that he's kind of evolved and that this will be like the first like american film basically that um is good or that i at least think it's good but i think you know we all know that they announced that um the date has been moved the release date and there's nothing confirmed at this point correct like when it's yeah, gonna it's, be. it's undated yeah it's undated at this point and i don't know that kind of says certain things to me i'm because I think what the original release date was in a couple months, like in March or something like that, I believe. Originally, I'm wondering if, you know, um, are they trying to put like all their eggs in Bong Joon-ho, like Mickey 17, trying to move this closer to kind of like award season or um, during film festival season. So maybe it'll be pushed like way further out. Right. Um, we'll see. I mean, I think he's big enough for them to like for studios to consider doing that so that is kind of like my theory that it's going to be pushed out kind of closer to potentially the end of the year yeah i'm definitely looking forward to this one as well i love bong joon ho uh and i, I i'm i'm like you cautiously optimistic because it is like a hybrid american is it pure english like or is it like half korean half english I want to say this one is pure English. Like there's no Korean actors in this. I mean, I think Steven Yeun is Steven in it. Steven Yeun, right? yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, but he's going to be speaking English, right? Yeah. So Ooh, I would, yeah, yeah, I don't know. If everyone's speaking English, I don't know, man. Like at least Snowpiercer <laughs> and Okja, they had like some Korean in it. But if it's, be, this will be interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with you. I, I, I mean, Parasite, the more I watch it, it's like, one of the most perfect movies ever made by i am cautiously optimistic just because his english language films haven't are as compelling you know so we'll see we'll see all right albert your most anticipated film of the year it's Furiosa. i mean mad max was oh, like my, yes. one of my you know favorite movies of the last decade it was probably my favorite movie of 2015 uh, I mean, George Miller is, you know, got all the same folks working with him behind the camera back. And 
And, uh, you know, Anya Taylor-Joy is, is probably, you know, one of my favorite uh, actresses uh, of the last few years. I think she can just do anything. And, uh, you know, if, if he just kind of even does like three-fourths of what he was able to do with Mad Max, I think that would already that might make it one of my favorite movies of the year. So uh, I, I have really great expectations for this one. I'm not consciously optimistic about this one at all. Yeah, yeah, well put, well put. All right, Joe, your number one movie. All right, this is the most non-cinephile choice possible, um, but it's the only one that I'm like really, really looking forward to, and it is Godzilla X Kong. Let's go! <laughs> yes. oh That's awesome, Joe. <laughs> Amazing. You're yes. proud of it between between like minus one this year and the monarch series on apple tv and just like all the legendary slash monsterverse stuff that's been coming out the last few years i feel like as a godzilla fan we've been eating real good and um i'm i'm here for the the silly transition into wild and crazy fantastical godzilla in the modern day so here we are and that trailer of Godzilla and Kong running like they were uh, MCU superheroes, I just got so hyped. It looks so ridiculous and dumb, and I'm here for it. Godzilla x Kong, let's go. The Godzilla versus Kong was a lot of fun. So I'm just, I'm yes. just hoping they cut out more of the human characters and just focus on the monsters. Like I could care less about. What the I feel like they are. I feel like they're gonna do it because Adam Wingard had been saying that he he's trying to move the the franchise in that direction so that's great yeah we'll see what we'll happens. Have to hear that. all right my number one pick is undated for this year it's most possible that it'll come out this year it could be pushed out to next year so uh but it is called the island and this is the new pavel pavlovsky movie starring joaquin phoenix and rooney mara and for those of you who are unfamiliar with this guy, he is a Polish filmmaker who has made some of my favorite films of the past decade. Uh, 2013's Ida was my number three film of the entire decade. Okay, it's a masterpiece, a work of art. It's something that I really want to show people forever. Like I've shown multiple friends this film. Every single shot in Ida is uh, exquisite. Every frame it's it's just gorgeous to look at, and it's a very powerful film. And 2019's Cold War that was also in my top ten film, uh, top ten films uh, for that year. Uh, so he's after Christopher Nolan and Denis Villeneuve. I think this guy Pavel Pawlikowski, he's like my number three favorite filmmaker uh, of this current generation. And uh, like I said, the release is unconfirmed, but I just wanted to highlight this because. Uh, because it, it's you know it's a direct it's a film from a director who I like really love and respect, but I am concerned that this film is a hundred percent in English because like Bong Joon Ho, this guy's weakest films are in English. So I just I, I wish it was a Polish film again in black and white, which is what Ida and Cold were. Uh, that's what they were. But uh, you know it's but Joaquin Phoenix and Rooney Mara, you know hey. That already that's already a good sign that these actors are are tied to this film. So wow. Yeah, that's great my, casting. Yeah. Number one film uh that I'm looking forward to this year. Hopefully it comes out. That is so awesome. Like 
I I was not aware he was making a new movie. So I, adding this to the list, Cold War was amazing. Yeah, and he he was about to start shooting it, and then the strike started, so that kind of derailed. So that's what that's why oh, the release date is like like in flux. All right, so there you have it. We got we got our five most anticipated films of 2024. I was I was really surprised. I've been saying it all episode how taken aback it was by how little overlap that we had. I mean, it seems like we have Deadpool three, Civil War, and Furiosa. Those were the only ones that we kind of overlapped on. So, uh, hope uh hope we come back with some good things about these movies that we talked about. Hopefully, we get a chance to talk about it uh, this year on on the podcast. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next time. Peace out. Bye, everyone. We're not done yet. No. The Supreme Leader is wise. I'm sure you are. Blow that piece of junk out of the sky!